Welcome to Two Women Chatting with Liz and Michelle. Enjoying life in our 50s, we're also empty nesters, looking to reinvent, reset, have fun, and talk about topics with experts and friends that affect us, our kids, and our families. So grab a cuppa and join us on the sofa for a chat. There's always room for one more. We're not tech savvy, but we do our best. But it's a learning curve. All bumps, clicks, and noises are our own. Come on in and have a seat. Hello, everybody. It's Michelle. And it's Liz. Nice to be back. Oh, it is. I don't know what's wrong with our echoey chamber here. We changed because um, we just preferred going back to the sofa we situation, did. didn't lazy, we? It just, but, yeah. It's just more chatty, but it does sound like we're in the biggest cavern underground now. We're going to have to do something about that. But it what have you been it? up to? Well, so I had a big do last night and that was really fun. But part of being an empty nester is you don't have to get up for school runs in the morning. So I went to this, <laughs> I was really embarrassing actually. So it was for my husband's work and um, it, it, was, it was a huge sort of corporate do and um, he took me to go and say hello to the chairman. Mm. And just as I'm about to put my hand out to shake the chairman's hand, my heel goes down <laughs> oh, no. a floorboard <gasps> and it's a real Bridget Jones moment. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm I'm trying to get my balance back again so he doesn't realise, but I was just so bad. Anyway, this the guy at the hotel where this this event was being um done, he noticed and he came <laughs> over to me with those little heel um have you seen those? No. You put them on the heel of a stiletto and it makes them look um but they're not broken. No, no, it's like a disc. Oh yes, I have seen them, yeah, but yes. I've never actually worn them because I think I'm I know I'm desperate, but I think Look it, it looks really yeah. ugly. It looks but really ugly, but it does it stop you falling through down. the cracks of the floorboards. I never knew that. that was for them. I've seen you know, ladies and girls at the events with wearing them, but I didn't realize it was go down the floorboards. No, I, I, I would think it would be good on grass and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's what they're oh, probably there for. God, yeah. I really did feel like a bit oh. of a Bridget Jones. Here's another Bridget Jones moment for me this week as well. Oh my gosh. So, listeners who have got daughters might understand this. But so my daughter Jemima, she was back for the weekend. She always manages to bring a bit of laundry with her. So all goes in the washing machine, da da da. Anyway, the other day I was feeling really quite depressed because I thought, my God, how have I put on weight again? Mm. You know, I'm always really, really trying. <laughs> see you know what's going, going, don't you? <laughs> so I'm thinking, my God, my knickers are just so tight. What is wrong? <laughs> And so I think so. I wear them all day, and I'm by the end of the day, I'm really depressed. You've got that line. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, what the absolute heck? So you know, I get changed for bed, and I look in there, and they're a size six. I'm like, I've done that. Oh, that's why. I've done exactly the same. But I had a line around my fat face. Whereas <laughs> in my daughters are size six you as well. all day. Because they were they were quite stretchy, you know. But they were, yeah. so it wasn't that they were. Well, I'd like to know they, they weren't. They were too small for me, obviously. But they weren't that uncomfortable. It's just I couldn't work out what I had. You know, it was obviously the indent completely. I mean, I could so, get my yeah. legs too. Yeah, exactly. So, so actually, we are a size six. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of Marks and Spencer's knickers. <laughs> Always have been. There's nowhere oh, else I'd yet, buy my it. underwear. Yeah. Anyway, the styles yeah, are yeah. the same. Yeah, the colours yeah. are the same. Yeah, and yeah, we all wear the same. Thing, myself, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I felt a bit better yeah, when I realised I'd been wearing something two sizes too small. <laughs> or you just shrunk yours. <laughs> You sure the one oh, didn't just rub off? Yeah, oh my goodness me. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, so you were laughing about my comfortable trousers last time, but you went to see your mum, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and I can trump. I can trump that. I walked in to see my mother. I went, oh, you look lovely. I love your top. And she goes, yes, well, it's yours. Don't you remember? And I went, no. She goes, you gave it to me because you said it was too old for you. <laughs> but now you're coveting <laughs> it. You've moved on. Well, it was a lovely colour. I just thought the shape wasn't quite right for me, but Maybe it, it is, is now. now. <laughs> and it's comfortable. <laughs> but she's keeping it. She's not giving it back. It's yeah. all about comfort, isn't it, really? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's all about comfort. Look at what we're wearing today. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm still dressed in my tennis gear. And I'm dressed in my pyjamas, oh, yeah. basically. Yeah. So back to my um, my event last night, being an emptiness and not having to get up for the school run, we we leave the thing at about 1am, but there hasn't been a lot of food. Right? A lot of champagne, mm-hmm. plenty of champagne, mm-hmm. but, you know, these tiny little bowl oh, food yeah. things where mm-hmm. there's, you know, one yeah. teaspoonful of risotto. So I'd eaten maybe three of those all evening. <laughs> so we get that. in the car. I think you had a few more. No, I didn't really. Did I, I was starving, absolutely starving. So I'm in my nice dress and possibly a couple of champagnes <laughs> in. Anyway, so we were lucky enough to have a driver to bring us home and we said, okay, we're starving. You've got to find us a 24 hour McDonald's. <laughs> No. Yeah. So oh. Jay, my husband's in a tuxedo. I'm in a nice dress. And he, he looks everywhere and we end up on the Edgware Road. <laughs> and James Basis goes in in his tux to get two Big Macs and fries. I'm sure they've seen it before. And then I wonder why I don't lose weight. Wait, no. Well, you don't count that because that's sort of, you know. No, I think yeah. calories in the middle of the night don't, don't count. count. No, they just definitely don't, yeah. Because yeah. you forget those as well. <laughs> I just thought, God, that's so typically me. <laughs> And then I realised I'm playing tennis in the morning, mm-hmm. so I've got a cracking hangover, and it's eight no. o'clock, and I'm playing tennis at nine. So I'm like, I'm rushing around, and I pull yesterday's sports bra out the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, as you can see, I'm wearing um no, as you can <laughs> see, I'm wearing a medley mm. of colours, and I I race over to the to the tennis to meet my friends. And I'm, where the heck are they? Oh my god, I can't believe I'm here early i'm dehydrated i've got a cracking headache and i'm i'm ready to go and then i go through the whatsapp and I'm like oh 9 30 <laughs> brilliant so i'm here half an hour early you could have had a half an hour in bed i could have had a half an hour yeah. so at least that gave me time for the ad filter to kick in <laughs> how is the head and well it was fine because i just sweated champagne for an hour <laughs> i smell lovely i haven't even had a shower until it'll be after this oh, we'll talk about champagne actually i did go to henley regatta last week very mm. lovely yeah. did you do the whole you know the the table we it, did because people do it really properly well we went Crystal we, we, were invited, and... we were invited as guests to a particular place which i won't mention because i nearly didn't get in because my dress wasn't long enough yeah. i thought i looked really good even my you son said mum you look lovely and I went, oh, i'll tell you that my husband said you look gorgeous but i get there well, you'd have well, a few prees, they say you don't look gorgeous. As they say, with, with, before. That's the, the trendy word, <laughs> prees. Put a bottle of champagne oh, before you go. Nice. Yeah, prees. I think they call that at the friend's house. And we went there, and the chap stops me, and I'm like, sorry, hello. And he went, um, your dress isn't long enough. And I was like, what? He says, D-. I thought on the knee yeah. was okay. He literally was not going to let me in. But fortunately, my dress is quite stretchy, <laughs> so I <laughs> so pulled, pulled it, it down. down. And he said, because knees. it stretches, we'll let you in. Wow. But can you imagine this? So the whole time, then I still have a bag in front of me. Mind you, we do know that would be a mini skirt on other people, don't we? Well, Liz? that's what I, what I tried to explain to him. <laughs> what, thank you. Was I don't look good in long skirts, being a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. short. Yes. Um, so he did chuckle at that and let me in. But I was a bit. I, was it, it did sort of. I had to have another glass of champagne to make up yeah, for the stress for of the, that. Yeah, yeah, for the yeah. shock of it. Yeah. Really. Well, it was, it was embarrassing actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Hey ho. Oh, anyway, right, yeah. I told you about. Well, I sent. 
I sent Liz this article I'd read in the newspaper that really um, got my interest. And it was um, a story about a young girl called Roxy and her mum, Gay, who have written a book about what happened to her at school. She's now a little older and she's had time to reflect on it and um, the book has come out of it. And the book is called When You Lose It. Short summary, basically, uh, Roxy was encouraged and coerced by an older boy at school to send pictures, to send selfies of her partially dressed. And it goes on from there. So we'll let them tell the story because they very kindly said that they would join us. And I know that they're a bit raw and bruised from this uh, media trail at the moment. They were on uh, this morning, just the other day. Yeah, so, and I know they're doing an awful lot of interviews and we've said to them, look... You know, we're not looking for a news scoop here. We are just mums who are horrified and outraged at the way her situation unfolded. The lack of support that she got from school. The way that she, as a victim, was made to feel in the wrong. And I just felt like I I would like for us to give them a platform to tell their story as well. Because it's definitely, you know, as parents, we think we know what's going on. It gave me a shiver. Literally yeah. through my whole body when I heard it because it, it, it could have been ours. It could well have been. You know, we have no idea. We well, I tell you what, when I mentioned to my kids about this, oh. I said, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we yeah. know about that. Yeah, it's normalised. It's Let's totally people... normalised. Why, why do they do Flipping it? Flipping shouldn't be normalised. It shouldn't be. You know, it, it seems to be. It, it's it's not why shouldn't they do it. It's it's what is making them do it. And it's society now. It's awful. Mm. Absolutely. It's normalising behaviour that is actually criminal. Another listener to this podcast, they got in touch and they, uh, their son was approached by somebody in a WhatsApp group. He's going to college in the States and, you know, this young girl approached him and uh, said, oh, hi, you know, we're going to be in the same freshman year, uh, you know, chat, chat, chat. Didn't take long before she said, hey, you know, show me, I'll show you mine if you show me yours kind of thing. Soon as he did that, Boom. I mean, this is up for a whole nother podcast, but it it's this, it's so easy to fall into the trap and then to have this enormous thing blow up in front of you in a matter of hours. And the fact is, as parents, we don't see it. We don't think our children will do it. Mm. Um, we're very naive about it. I think there's too many people or parents think that kids won't do it. We're naive, but we've got to be brutally honest about this. We don't know what our kids get up to all the mm. time. And don't assume that they're perfect, because no no one is perfect. The problem is, fundamentally, there's some really horrible people out there who will exploit mm-hmm. situations and opportunities, and that's what I see this has come from. I, yeah. I mean, but but I'd love to know about the boy. Yeah. Oh, what well, the boy yeah. in, in Roxy's this, case? Yeah. yeah. Or or even even just you know in 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 any situation, how do they feel years later, or even mm. weeks later, when 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 they're doing it, I, what, they're evil. Surely they're evil. They can't, you can't just well, say they're I naive. Mean, you, I don't think it's naivety. There has to be something a little bit twisted about doing that. But I do think there's an awful lot of immaturity in young men. Uh, they yeah, just yeah. don't really see any consequences. They can't young see I mean, further yeah. than you know two feet in front of them. Yeah. And that's on both sides. You yeah. know, The boy who is doing this and coercing somebody doesn't see how that could be really, really wrong and potentially criminal behaviour. 
the boy who might be receiving, uh, you know, uh, flattery mm. and, and so on from a, a supposed girl in a yeah. group could also not realise that the consequences of his behaviour don't necessarily mean his life is over. Back in May, there was this chap called Ryan Last in um, San Jose. Oh, my God, does this break my heart? He was contacted by somebody. Um, he sent this girl a nude photo. It wasn't a girl at all. It was uh, He was being exploited for being vulnerable and so on. He was a high school senior. So he this all sort of happened about 10 o'clock in the evening. By 2 a.m., he'd hung himself. <gasps> Because he could not see a way out. It's that panic. Yeah. And and this is what's so important that we talk about it. It has to get out there. You have to tell you, people. You've that, got to have that conversation and, with your kid as and, well. And that's it. That's that's exactly it. I didn't because I, 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 it didn't dawn on me. And I think this is the problem. that it's, As I was saying before, we're, we're naive that think that our kids won't do stuff. Mm. We just have to have the conversation, not be embarrassed about it on either side. And they say that we're there. If anything is, it, it happens, mm. we are there to, to, to help them out. We love unconditionally. Absolutely. There's nothing that yeah. they can't tell us. But I, I think, you know, if we do anything from this podcast, if we can just encourage parents to communicate and just talk about this very subject. And to to recognise the signs, which I, 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 I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Uh, well... And then I spoke to my Pilates teacher and I, I said, we're going to have this interview with um, these these two, this mother and daughter. And I explained the situation. She said, oh, yeah, that happened to my daughter. Mm. Ah. I said, what? Are you kidding me? She yeah. said, yeah. I, she said that she got a text and she was near me and I saw her face change. Yeah. And um, luckily she said, oh, my gosh, this is what's happened. Somebody has asked me to send photos. I think she was about 13 as well. Yeah. So that is quite a vulnerable it seems, age. Yeah, because it's sort of the age when you're, you're a teenager, you're trying to, you think you're grown up. Generally at 13, you're not grown up. Some, some may be more mature. Do you but... tell me any kid, any teenager that does not have a fake Instagram oh, or yeah. a fake account? And this is going back to what I was saying is parents must not think that their children are perfect because they they're not lying they're perhaps just manipulating the truth occasionally they want to be popular yeah, they yeah. want to post things that their parents mm. won't judge them about yeah yeah, yeah so the other thing that really occurred to me you know more for our midlife approaching empty nest uh listeners is that you've got to have this conversation while they're still at home mm. because if you wait till they're in college they might be on a different time zone they're further away they're at least potentially hours um away but if, but if they're not that hours away they, they, they're away from home they're not and you're, they're not, not, you're not seeing the behavioral that, that's changes it. you're not seeing the change and unless they have got friends around them that will report it to you which they won't they're not going to shop them no as it were but yeah. yeah have this conversation let's have a conversation with roxy and gay and see what they say about yeah. it then when You Lose It is published by Welbeck. It's already available on Amazon and it's going to be available on the link on our website and Instagram. Now, Claudia Winkleman has already described it as an extraordinary and important book and suggests that everybody reads it immediately. So just as a little intro, um, this gripping true story is told from the perspectives of mother and daughter separately. And it wasn't until the book was finished that both read the other side and understood how differently each had navigated and felt about a six-year journey. So it covers the devastating effects of a psychotic breakdown, triggered by coercion and blackmail by older boys, 
and it's incredibly brave and it's raw and it's really personal and I'm so glad that Roxy and her mum are really keen to raise awareness of the situation to try and help others but tell you what the more we learned about you the more we were absolutely horrified by what went on so welcome to our sofa Roxy and Gay. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you for finding time. I know you're really busy on the media circuit and with internships and, and things like that. So we're really delighted that you can just join us for a little bit. Um, so firstly, I just want to state that we're two mums. We're not reporters. Our overriding purpose of talking to you both is not to bruise you further, because I can only imagine how hard it's been for you over the last couple of weeks, mentally and emotionally but to highlight how common this activity is and encourage communication between parents and their children. So don't ever assume that your kid couldn't fall victim to flattery, a need for attention and acceptance and ultimately extortion, whether that's images or money, because your kid is never too smart, right? So could you tell us in your own words, um, maybe we start with Roxy, what happened and what the consequences of this coercion triggered? Um, you've been through such a lot with your mental health and there's a lot more to read in the book but let's just focus on the sextortion that happened when you were just 13 years old um so I started getting messages from a much older guy he was 17 at the time and oh yeah I it was I was flattered so and yeah I was a bit excited like he was older and popular and quite attractive and he was really quickly asking for photos there was just a huge amount of pressure he said everybody was doing it so if I didn't that was weird and um so eventually I did I mean I said no for a long time I really did it was it just built up it was it was huge um and then he I got a text from his friend a few weeks later asking for photos. I didn't know who he was, didn't respond. And when I didn't reply, he sent photos of me, of myself back to me. And that was just, yeah. And were you able to tell friends about what was happening to you or did you keep it all to yourself? Um, I made it clear to my friends that I was talking to this, to the first guy. Um, I th- they, you know, they were quite, some of them were quite impressed he was he was older but no I never I never told them the, of the extent of the pressure I mean because the, the, the second guy then used the photos he already had of me to then threaten me into sending more and more explicit things saying that if I didn't he would send them around the school and that's when I had lost I mean I had just lost, completely lost all control it, it didn't I mean now I just want to sh- shake myself because obviously but at the time that didn't, he already had these photos. Everyone else ha- finding out was not an option, That that would completely end my life. So it didn't, it didn't, there was no choice. And you were only 13. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Feeling like, oh, you should have done that, should have done, done this, but you're a child at 13. Yeah. I can't imagine it. Put in, my, my, in, my, in your shoes at 13, I, I, was, I was a kid. You are a kid at 13. Yeah, you are a kid at 13. How did it all come out then in the end? What was the what was the trigger point or the catalyst that made you share this story? What what happened? Yeah, I think what what's quite important to say is the 
you know, that the, the, what you said about the book is, is absolutely true. So the book is written from both our perspectives as separate accounts. So the reader is reading all of this that's going on in Roxy's teenage world. You see the pressure building, you see the panic, um, and then you flip to my my version, my not my version, my my account of that that same time period, and I'm, you know, worried about Roxy's going to first few parties during those holidays, um, you know, the chat about not having too many beers. If somebody does drink too much, make the phone call. You'll never get in trouble for making the phone call. You know, so my 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 concerns were completely. I mean, I could say naive, but it was unimaginable that I was having to address the sort of issues that Roxy was now dealing with all on her own. So, you know, the kind of nagging mum during the school holidays, pick up your wet towels, you know. You're smack bang in the middle of eye roll territory, aren't you, at 13? I mean, I, I know with my daughter, there was almost nothing she could do that didn't irritate me and likewise. So it's quite hard, isn't it, to open those, that communication. You, you know, you you said earlier, you know, no child is. I can't. What do you say? You said no child is. That's, no child is too smart. No child is too smart. Okay, I, I, that's a really. I, I like that. No child is too smart. So, Roxy is definitely a smart kid, but so again, it's unimaginable because she's so smart. But what I only realised when I read her version was it's not about smart. You know, it, it's exciting and then it's terrifying. And and the crossover between those two things, it's, it's almost the blink of an eye. It goes from exciting to terrifying. And it wasn't about not, you know, not being smart enough not to send the pictures. It was being too afraid not to send the pictures. But mm. when you read my version, my account of that, that, that period of time, I'm just like, enough of the eye roll. Like, get, you know, I can't wait till you all get back to school. You're driving me mad. Mm. You know, so. And you finally heard about this, didn't you? And you were called in for a meeting at school, Gay. Is that right? And you were told by uh, the male deputy head teacher that Roxy was in trouble for, for this. Can you describe what that was like? Because all of a sudden, the shaming was unfairly put on Roxy's shoulders. From the from that first meeting, three weeks into term, so now for three weeks she's been dealing with the ramifications of those photos spreading, I'm told Roxy's been sending photos to boys. And, and I promise you I remember it like it was yesterday, and I'm thinking, photos, boys, photos, boys. Like, And I make the catastrophic mistake of thinking you wouldn't be that stupid, you know, surely. And, and I'm trying to kind of, you can see in the book, I'm trying to work out the kind of extenuating circumstances, but I've got nothing to go on because I know nothing. So now the reader knows more than I do in that scene. So it's, you know, it's quite hard to read even now for me because I want to kind of go into that scene, press pause give them the copy of the book, read it, have all that information and knowledge, and then go back to that conversation. But I don't. I don't have the information. And that's one of the reasons, well, I would say, wouldn't you say, Rox, the biggest reason 
why we decided to plough through the miserable journey of actually writing it all down. Yeah, I mean, agreed. I'm, yeah, agreed. I mean, no, nobody at that point said, wait a second, she's just turned 14. She was 13 when they started their 17 major power imbalance. No, nobody said that to me. I mean, for a long, long time. And that, you know, it's so clear now, you know, when you're re when, when I reread that section, I'm like, how? Like now that we've started this conversation and we've started telling people and everyone's like, that's, that there's something wrong with this. It's like, but at the time it didn't feel like that at all. I felt like I'd screwed up. I'd done something wrong. I felt so guilty. I was punished and it felt, that felt fair. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think it was unfair at the time. Isn't that awful? I mean, that really made me want to scream when um, I heard about the way that you were treated by the school. So the consequences, the consequences were for you, not for the boys. You were punished for what you had done. Can you tell us about what the school expected you to do to address what had happened? Uh, yeah, so I had to stay in this, like, in my study off the common room in all my breaks. So I was only allowed to go to lessons. I was kind of, it was called being housecated. I had to write a reflective essay about why, why I'd done what I did and why I wouldn't do it again. That was the main one that really pushed me over the edge. And then they also asked me to see the school counselor to deal with the self-esteem issues that, um, that had caused me to send photographs. What, I mean, why nobody sent the boys to see a counsellor to deal with why they, you know, needed to, wanted photos from a 13-year-old girl. I, I don't understand that. It's classic victim blaming, isn't it? And, you know, these boys who played top trumps and they messed with your adolescent head, they apparently never did have any consequences as far as you know, did they? I mean, I, I, don't, don't I, I don't know for sure, but they weren't expelled or suspended and they continue yeah. to be at that school. And were, were their parents told? We don't know, I guess. Were their parents don't know. told? No, no idea. Data protection. That's what we were told anyway. Couldn't ask, they couldn't discuss the other children involved. But, you know, so children lose definition. Well, schools yeah, don't want I the bad so. PR, do they? Schools are very careful <laughs> to um, control the situation and make sure that these things don't get out because it doesn't reflect well on, on what they're teaching and, and their safety. I think that's a gross dereliction of duty of all schools because where there are children and where there are smartphones, this is occurring, full stop. So I'm much more interested to know how any school would deal with this. It's like, how do you deal with bullying? This is a sort of sexualized bullying. And, and for schools to say, oh, we don't have bullying in our schools, it's ludicrous. So don't, it, it's, it's almost makes the parents you know, treating us like children. You know, we know that kids can be cruel. That's nothing new. So how do you deal with it? And how do you help the kid who feels the need to bully another child? I mean, Anyway, so it, it's silly to think that it's not happening. Well, I was looking into the stats on this, okay? This shocked me. So according to the Lucy Faithful Foundation, 60% of children have been asked for a sexual image or video of themselves. And that was back in, like, just after the lockdowns finished. So it's pro they predict it's much higher than that. 
But surveys show that one in six children aged 13 and 14 have sent a nude picture of themselves and an extraordinary 15% of 13-year-olds have been pressured to send images. You're not the only one, Roxy. Oh my gosh, it's just awful. And you are such a smart person. I know that um, you know, you've been through quite a journey, haven't you, <laughs> to put it mildly. Writing that reflective essay kind of was the catalyst in many ways of sending you on a bit of a path of self-destruction and um, mental health difficulties. I, I don't want to focus too much on that because I think you've probably had enough of, of talking about it. And I don't know whether this experience of, of, of writing the book and now publicizing the book has been cathartic for you or triggering. How, how are you feeling with um, uh, I don't think it's cathartic, like it's cathartic and it's triggering. It's not, it's, it, it's both. It saved, it's, it completely saved me and saved me and my mom's, my mom's relationship. And I have to talk about these things, which I couldn't even say to my friends and family on, you know, national TV. It's really, it's such a mix of emotions. It's like being on a roller coaster. And I don't, you know, it's it's really hard to talk about. Um, I kind of wish I wasn't the one doing this, but but it, and those statistics that you just, but those statistics that you just said, I mean, that's so many people. Like, and you're going to make a difference yeah. because you're going to get the message out there, and people are going to share it. And there's going to be conversations in homes. And there should be conversations in schools and horrified mums or, you know, maybe they'll stop. And fathers. And fathers. Maybe they'll stop saying, well, little Johnny's, he he would never never fall for that. that. He'd never do that. Well, little Johnny does, actually. Little Johnny probably has a fake Insta. And uh, little Johnny may be targeted and be feeling vulnerable. It's, It's actually a surprisingly huge number of young males who are targeted. I mean, you were targeted by people in your school. But there are organized crime people who are doing this on gaming apps and WhatsApps and social media. So, um, and there's, you know, there's this big stereotype for parents who, like, the parents think that there's a type of, there's a type of person that will send a photo. There's a type, you know, there's a type of person that would pressure and, you know, that's not, that's not their kids. But like, I'm really hoping that I'm showing that it could be literally anyone. I mean, I mean, if someone had told me, if it, someone had told me two a, a year before that it was going to be me, I would have laughed in their face. Like, are you joking? No. Yeah. Well, there's no doubting that you're smart because I don't know how you managed it, but you went on and you passed all your GCSEs, didn't you? You, you. I, I'll let people read in the book because I think it's so compelling that they should read about you and they should buy the book and they should discuss it with their kids. But I think how you've managed to come out of it get your GCSEs, get into an undergrad program at university and now doing internships. And I think I've heard you say on another podcast that this is one of your management techniques. You're a busy, busy girl, right? You, You do multiple things at the same time to distract your busy, busy mind. Would you say that's that's kind of how you deal with it now a bit? Yeah, for me, I found and better when I have less time to think. So that's how I do it. But also, I, you know, I, I thought my life was completely, I mean, I was 13, I was 14, and I thought my life was completely over. I mean, it seemed impossible to 
rebuild any kind of like happy life to have to friends to finish school seemed completely you know out of reach and so but you know I hope I also hope that doing this shows anyone who's you know had a similar thing with photos happening or, or self-harming or has any kind of mental health issues that you actually can you know rebuild this life. I mean it takes a lot of work like really hard work years it's lonely but it's possible it really like mm. which I did, didn't I did I really didn't feel like it was so would you have any words of wisdom to I, I hope that you know this episode gets shared not just with our midlife listening crowd but also with their kids I would really well, I think, hope that I they listen they will, they will. but they what will. would you say I mean you you've already said things do get better it's not the end of your life is there is there you know some words of wisdom that you might offer um i mean in terms of the photo stuff because you know we talk about victim blaming and that's such an easy phrase i mean that feels so kind of succinct and like oh yeah victim blaming but at the time it's like it's deep it's 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 like i felt so just yeah and i felt i felt it's not like oh you know these people making me feel like a victim I no, sorry I'm like blaming me as a uh, like when actually I was a victim it felt like I felt disgusting I felt like it was entirely my fault but on such a deep ingrained level just just because no one said to me you know what actually something something bad happened to you so I mean for parents it's like just just say it actually that would have made a huge difference for someone to say to me you know you haven't just done this thing that's you know awful and in terms of the mental health I mean you got to find, for me, it was like, you got to find your thing that, that helps you get through. You know, people talk about, it wasn't exercise or yoga for me. It took me a long time to find my thing. And I, there were lots of very destructive coping mechanisms before I found things that were sustainable. I think you're a cube drawer, aren't you? <laughs> I do that too. I'm always do you? cubes. Do you? Or plates. Oh yeah, I love it. Plates are really good because they're really easy. Lots yeah. of little circles. I do that, I do that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you know, parent point of view. <laughs> we should have a, have a, a club. <laughs> How about you, Gay? What would you say as a parent? What What can you share? Um, I think we're very good at telling. We have to warn our kids. We're the police in our kids' lives when they're that young. So we do a lot of don'ts. But I think there's a caveat to most of those don'ts, you know, like if somebody, one of your friends has taken something they shouldn't have taken, phone us, you know, you always leave the back door open. But in the world of social media, we are, I mean, I'm a dinosaur, I'm a digital dinosaur. So I, I literally didn't and still don't really understand that world. Um, I'm not in it. So I would say, re remember to leave the back door open for even that online safety chat, you know, say what goes online stays online or whatever you want to say you know if you're not happy with your grandparents seeing this don't put it up but no one's gonna they don't listen but just say so but if you do this is what you need to do if you do you'll never be in trouble so it's that it's that two things it's like don't do it but if you do do it you're not in trouble come and come and come to me i'll help you because that second part of that conversation i think you've said rock haven't you you get told what not to do, but if you've done it already, you still need advice on what you do with that so that you know you're never, ever alone. I mean, I had nobody. I felt like I had absolutely nobody that I could tell. It, it was it was so lonely. I remember when 
you know, when the second guy eventually, his, his request got so bad, he asked for a video. I just, I do remember just, I, I just remember like, I couldn't send it. And I just remember sitting on the floor and banging my head against the windowsill because it, it, there was nowhere to, t I mean, there was literally nowhere to turn it. It was like, oh my God, I have, it just, oh, it was just, yeah. Um, no, I'm just thinking about the book. I I think this book should be in every single school. It should be on the curriculum. You know, it, 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 this is part of, how do you say it? Pashi? I always get that right. P-A-S-H-E. P-S-H-E. P-S-H-E. I don't think they try and say it phonetically. I But I think it's so important. And I think, you know, this, this book, we, we'll do our best to get it into the schools. I really, I'm, I'm passionate about this oh, yeah. because it, it, we don't even know. I mean, I don't know if Mike, Mike I've got, I've got a, a son and a daughter, you know, whether they were involved, haven't been told. All we know is when we mentioned to our son, to my son, who's now at university, he went, oh yeah, I know somebody did that. You know, mm -hmm. and it was like, I was shocked. I think one of the things as well that um, has, has occurred to me, and again, I've been speaking to a number of mums of teenagers, of my son, is the absolute lack of outrage. Mm. Like, you must be outraged, Roxy, looking back, and you gay as a mother. But my God, kids now, and, you know, we've come on a bit with social media. It's six years later from when it happened to you. It's so prevalent. Everybody's got a phone in their hands at all times. Well, I said to my son, you know, same as Liz, really, um, he said, yeah, yeah, loads of people do that. Well, aren't you outraged as a generation? Aren't you outraged that this is normal, normalised behaviour? It's not, is it? So we all need to do a bit of a job, and you are doing an incredible job, Roxy and Gay. Thank you for sharing your story. My goodness me, you are one very brave girl. Just tell us, you know, I know you're still working through things. It's never over, really, is it? but you're finding more positivity and you are well on track to, do, to be very successful in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about where you are now in your headspace? <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so after, after I eventually recovered from the psychotic episode, I spent three years working really hard to finish school. I finished school with three stars at A-level, which was, you know, mental considering where I'd been. Wow. Um, and now I'm at... I'm at um, University. I'm studying math and statistics with neuroscience. Just finished my first past neuroscience. Okay. I passed, and I've just started a tech internship at a bank. You are outstanding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Weren't they amazing? Both of them, both mother and daughter. I can't believe how brave they are. I, I wonder what it was like for them both at that moment when they finished reading the com combined book and read each other's story. I bet they were shocked. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it must have been a revelation to both of them. That is the word, actually, revelation. But yeah. I, I, I say shocked because, as a mother, as Gay said, we're naive. I'm, I'm a naive, naive parent. I am naive. Oh. I realise that now. You just think... Your kids wouldn't do it. Well, as you said, I mean, you have the chat about the don't drink too don't, much, don't, don't take drugs. Don't take drugs if you do, have a come safe and speak word. To us. There's nothing yeah. you can do yeah. that I won't pick you up from. Yeah. We, we've all had that chat, but my goodness me, everybody, please talk to your son, talk to your daughter, talk to your husband. 
But when do you think you start that chat? I think early. It's well, when do you call early? I'm, you know, sadly, our little ones are, not, are exposed to these things. They get, they get, you know, well, they get a phone at eight. Someone, well, they do eight ten. So once they've got that, they've got the internet. That's yeah. it. Well, look on the flip side of this. Scary fact time. Okay, did you know that if your child receives an image or a video of a minor on their devices and they don't delete it, pretty much immediately they could end up on the sex offenders register. Did you know that? I certainly didn't. But but you see, unless we tell them that, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't think they'd have one. So therefore, to tell them to delete it, I wouldn't know, you know. Well, so this is the advice that they're given. Delete it immediately upon receipt. Make sure it's permanently deleted so you can't just retrieve it. Um, and it is a defence because, the, <laughs> wait for this, it's a defence to be able to demonstrate that the image was not kept following its known receipt. So it makes sense because we can't actually regulate what our friends send to us, but we can regulate what we do with it when we receive it. So mm. for goodness sake, do not send it on to another friend. No. This is criminal behaviour. And but if a complaint is made by the police, they've got a duty to act, which means that that young person can be arrested mm. or interviewed voluntarily under caution at school or at home or at the police station. They can take their devices for forensic analysis. And it's not just... The short term, even if the matter is not prosecuted, an enhanced DBS check in the future could result in information relating to the investigation being disclosed to prospective employers, especially if the employment would involve working with children. So you are messing up your future, and kids don't know that they could be This could be the way to get across to them, because I remember as a kid being told, you know, the police will come and be involved if you've... I cycled on the pavement, you know, ridiculous, no comparison at all. But I was terrified, you know, the police would be involved. Maybe that is the way to get across to kids, that, you know, it's not just us getting across with them. It is serious, and hopefully most kids still do respect the law, yeah. the police. Well, the FBI is doing something about it. It's taken very seriously in the States. The FBI has got a stop sextortion scheme and they go into schools and they publicise it widely with posters and stuff to schools mm. to let them know. So what do people do if you've been targeted? Don't panic. Help and support is available. For heaven's sakes, don't pay. Oh, gosh, no. Save the evidence. Take screenshots. Save messages and images Collect URL, as in website links, to where the information is being shared online. Report it to social media companies if communication happened on these channels. They have to investigate. Report it to your internet service provider and definitely block all communication with the person targeting you. Um, so we'll put a really good list of resources mm. on our website. There is a lot of people who are out there... Partly because it's on the rise. This stuff is going on so much and increasing and they're being targeted by criminal gangs. It's it's not just, I don't know, boys and girls at school That's sharing what, yeah. images. It's, it's, it's targeting. Professional. It's professional. It now, is almost, professional yeah. and it's, it's targeting vulnerable money. kids. And like that story um, we mentioned in before the interview, yeah. your kid getting something at 10 o'clock and not knowing what to do with that information or how to deal with it and it ending in very mm. dire, mm. dire consequences. So, listeners, do please have a chat. We've said it like four yeah, or five times now. And that's now, why we're doing this podcast. Because have a chat. I, I, I think that's why we're doing it. This podcast is because we want to raise awareness and, gosh, Roxy and Gay are certainly doing it and I'm passionate about this because 
it could be your daughter or son. Mm, mm. All right. Mm. And that's where we'll leave it. So uh, Roxy and Gay have very kindly offered a couple of their books to give away on our Instagram. So follow us on Instagram at Two Women Chatting and you could possibly win one of the books. Um, And if you don't win it, do go to the website and you'll find a link where you can buy it there or you can just hop on Amazon. So the book is called When You Lose It and it's available through Welbeck Publishing. listening to two women chatting with our special guests if you enjoyed this episode it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review even better share with your friends and please get in touch we'd love to hear from you there's a link on our instagram bio and facebook pages 